Good morning. Today's class is Lunishma. Also, and please share and rate the podcast. Deal, New Jersey, August twenty second and twenty third. We will be posting the information on that event. Uh, there's another few big event in Palm Beach coming soon. Uh, a few other events that we're working on, just trying to make time for some of these events. And we're going to talk about today a great concept. We're going to talk about a book called The Wisdom of Dr. David Hawkins. Now, obviously what I do is I, tr- I take these concepts and I, I kosherize it. I'm the Meshkiach. So I'm just going to elevate it to Judaism as we always do. But consciousness is consciousness. But his language, the reason why we go to these other books is because we need the right language. Learning these languages can help you understand Judaism better. It can help you understand things better. And that's one thing, that's the only reason why I even read these books, just to see a different perspective, a different language. Um, but the source of everything is really in, 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 in the Torah. But he, ha- he does have a great... He does have a great, great concept of nine fundamentals of conscious spiritual work. The reason why I like David Hawkins so much is because he treated, he treated everything through the eyes of consciousness. Everything he treated was through the eyes of consciousness, which is exactly how we should be dealing with any of our issues. For example, I'm, a, I'm in a marriage. Am I in, what is my consciousness in this marriage? Do I have resentment or do I have chesed? Do I have kindness? You know, do, I'm in a business. Do I, how, how, how's my, it's, it's not the details. It's the essence. We get, stuck in, we get stuck when we focus on the details, not the essence. And that's extremely the most important part of everything. It's just, that's why our, our, the, the Gemara says it black and white. If you have dat, if you have consciousness, you have everything. If you, if you don't have that, you don't have anything. And there's no mercy without having that. Mara says practically very simple. The pers- you cannot have mercy on a person who doesn't have that. You can't have mercy on him. Now, it should say, hey, how could you have the guy struggling? Because if, if a person is lacking that, that means he has anger and ego. Anyway, whatever you tell him, he's, he's going to reject it. He's going to reject it. So you can't, and a good example is this would, would, be, would be enabling people to, do, to, to justify their behaviors. Enabling, bad, enabling things that are completely false and ridiculous. You can't have mercy on them. You have to teach them, educate them. But to have mercy on people who have no doubt is not the answer. You could pray for them. You can, you can wish that they, they, they... But you can't give in to their stupidity just because they have stupidity and they make enough noise. You can't give it to them. And that seems to be like that's... That's what the world wants us to do today. But we cannot give in to stupidity just because somebody's complaining about it. It's very simple to the woke culture and all this. It's all nonsense and stupidity, but we shouldn't give to it because you make enough noise. So, you know, that's, that's where we have to draw the line. So, that the importance of when I acquire the right consciousness in something, I can expect mercy to come. That's why this is so important. I cannot expect to have mercy to come in any situation unless I'm in the right mindset or the right consciousness, etc. And, and a, whole, a, whole, a whole job 
in this world is to expand our consciousness as much as we can, to get to a place where we see nothing but love. The goal is love and, ches- and kindness and seeing only the love in people. And you would, you would almost cry uh, to see how, to see the beauty in people. And, and, and God forbid the opposite, hating people. And it's just a very low consciousness. So this is what we're going to talk about. What are practically nine fundamentals, fundamentals that we can get there? A lot of this is rooted in the, in the pretty much, if you look at just the context of this, it, it's all the spherot. The When God created the spherot, when, after the shattering of the vessels, God created the spherot, the seven spherot, which we speak about, which represents our character. Right, The seven lower spherot represents our character. And that's basically pretty much... It's just like the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, either we are, the, the, the faucet is there, but it has to be opened. It's not, we all have water in our house. We all have faucets, but it doesn't mean water's coming out. We physically have to open it. So just like uh, that, we, we can take these examples in pr- pretty much any area of our lives, it's, it, that there's no, no, there's, there's a lack of light, it's because we're not turning on the faucet. We're not activating that particular spherot. So this is where a lot of this is. It's connected in spherot. That's why I would never do a, a class on something that's not, that I don't believe is true. So anything in the Baal Shem Tov says also, that if you hear something and, 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 it's, and it's true, there's got to be Torah in, in it. So he says the nine, nine fundamentals of conscious spiritual growth. Number one is you have to respect the truth, okay? God is close to those who are to, to call him out in truth. Remember this line. Do we speak about the, I'm always telling you guys, emotionally it's important to be engaged. Whether you're, I want you to scream out to God, I want you to yell, I want you to say help me, I want you to plead with him, I want you to, because as long as you're calling out to him, you're calling out, you're calling out to him where you're at. Okay? It's extremely important that you meet your creator where you're at. Don't, don't pretend that things are great. And th- thank you, Hashem. Thank you. You know, eh, you know telling uh, Amazon. Thank you. Thank, uh, Alexa. Thank you. Thank you. When you know you're not thankful. Talk about the, the you, you feel bitterness in your heart and you, feel, and you feel broken and you feel life is unfair. Talk about it. Because if I can meet my creator where I am, wherever I am, that at least is truth. The worst that we can do today is open up a book and have no feelings. And say, or be in a relationship where you know you don't love the person and say, I love you. That's not true. It's not true. Figure out why you don't love them. Figure out, get into the brokenness. It's extremely important that we break these walls. We have to break these walls. And our sages tell us the only way to break these walls are with truth. Basically, every need, everybody needs a little dosage of a Scorpio. We may be very blunt, but we are very honest, and that's who we are. And if you like it, God bless you. If you don't like it, that's also wonderful also. But we are 100% direct, truth, and it is what it is. So that's extremely important that a lot of us, if we're living a lie, and low self-esteem is a lie, by the way. Living a lie of low self-esteem and and living for others and, and, and validation, it's all a lie. It's not honesty. That's why we're not getting the breakthrough. So that's where the, the importance, the first thing is you have to develop a sense of truth and integrity. You have to be willing to, to, underst- to be objective in your opinion and recognize that you can change. And he, and he says a great line here. He says, 
I've almost died a half a dozen times in my life from the wrong diagnosis. <laughs> Can you imagine that? He almost died six times from the wrong diagnosis. A person has to recognize what the truth is and that other people are going to have opinions. But you have to connect to your own truth. Right? Just because the, there's peer pressure to be other people, that's not, you should not stand up for yourself. And if you're not willing to stand up for your, anything, you're going to fall for anything. Remember, if you're not willing to stand up for something, you're going to fall for anything. And this is extremely important. That, that Kabbalistically represents Teferit. To Torah, Teferit, Teferit represents the truth. So anytime we're saying the truth, we are, we are connecting to the energy of Teferit, which is beauty, which is splendor. But remember, Rabbi Nachman is not telling you to avoid situations. He's telling you to cry out wherever you're at. It's better that you should, you should be honest in what you're saying, in what you're doing, where you're at, than avoidance. Avoidance is not the truth. Avoidance is like saying, how are you doing? I'm fine. You're not fine. That's not the truth. You're, you're this. Don't say you're fine when you're not fine. Say, I'm here right now. And that's why it's extremely important that truth, God is close to those who are calling out in truth, and also truth itself is the greatest way to get out of darkness. There's no greater way to, dark, to get out of darkness because dar truth creates the, the opening for the darkness. And this is where, you know, even saying, I have an addiction, I have a problem, I need help. It's, it's the opening door. So think about that. Before we get, without truth, there's no real... Without real truth, you'll never get to a higher level in consciousness. You'll stay in fear your whole life. <coughs> Fear of not being approved. It's all the fear of the exterior. It's all the ego. So without truth, you never get above fear. So you'll always be paranoid. Uh, you'll always be a perfectionist. You'll always be... All of these things will, will keep you in a very, very low vibration of energy, etc. You'll always be anxious about what people say to you about you. That's not living in truth. Living in truth means I am black, but I'm beautiful. I'm black. I'm, I'm full of... Full of things I need to work on, just like the Zohar says, but I'm beautiful in your eyes. I'm good enough, but I could do a lot better. That is the truth. Understand? I'm not good enough is not the truth. I'm good enough, but I can do a lot better. It's extreme. That's the, the balance of both. Remember, the truth is, is Teferit represents the balance of having kindness and having discipline at the same time. Because you could be too disciplined and you can just butcher yourself in, in, in perfectionism, which is, that's not the answer also. So you have to be able to find the kindness and that's it. And when you need a break, you need a break. That's extremely important. So that represents the truth. The second, the second step is attaining humility. Attaining humility is the second, the second most important part of, of this. And there's an old joke, he says, I have a lot of character defects, but being wrong is not one of them. That's a narcissistic ego speaking. So again, being, being able to recognize, and, and the, again, the, what, what, the ultimate level of humility is not being self-centered. 
not making everything about you. Just think about how many things in life we spend thinking about ourselves. And at the end of the day, I promise you, you can put a big gorilla in the room and nobody would even notice it. Nobody cares what you're wearing. You know, when you're self-centered, it's, there, there's, people call it the spotlight effect. You think the whole spotlight is on you and nobody's even noticing because everybody's got their own things. So without humil- humil- lack of humility means self-centeredness. Arrogance, everything's about you. Everything's about you. The machine broke because you did something wrong. It's not everything's about you, believe it or not. So humility means, and this is the greatest example of humility is Moshe Rabbeinu. He, was, he pleaded for the Jews, but he recognized there's a bigger picture going on. It's not about him. He, he merited the greatness. Same thing, Rabbi Nachman. He said, I'm, 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 I'm the whole, na- the whole the, everybody needs me. He could say that in humility because he recognized, yes, they do need me. I worked on myself. And that's where I got where I am today. Second step is humility. The third step of conscious spiritual growth is self-awareness and self-mastery. Right? We are meant to become the best version of us. It's extremely important that you develop yourself to the extent that you can. Now, the importance of self-awareness and self-mastery, it's extremely important to to do this without any judgment. Right? Who do I need to be? What do I need to do? And et cetera. And every single day, like we said before, just, it's a great exercise to do this is when you do a good act, something towards your greatest self, you say plus one. When you don't do a great act, you do minus one. And what you need to do is at the end of the day, you take the score. What is your score? And if the score is negative two, you're going in the wrong direction. So that same day, it's not the time to go get high because you're in pain. For It's the time to make up that score and say, tomorrow I'm going to go up five. It's that simple. Every good deed you do, a mitzvah gets you another mitzvah, a good deed attracts another deed, a bad one does. So what happens is, is we, happen to do, we happen to get into a very bad pattern when we're in a bad state. We, just, we go backwards. We somehow don't know why that happens. It's like we want to punish ourselves because we do wrong. It makes no sense. Or we go hide, even better. But the job is to change the momentum to go back to plus one again. Get back in the forward momentum, etc. Extremely important. I do that all the time. How's the day? Plus seven, great day. Plus four, great day. Celebrate the victories. Negative two, let's get back. Let's get back. Let's double up charity, this, that, extra things. That's what I do. And it's, it's, it's great because, again, it's, it's, it gets you out of your head and it gets you into it. And again, growth is happiness. The more you grow, the happier you, happier you are. So just think to yourself, what's your score at the end of the day? And anything you do in empowerment is plus. Anything you do in distraction, entertaining, and egocentric is, is negative, etc. So the third step is developing self-awareness and self-mastery. Getting to the point where you recognize yourself, like Rav Cook says, Ayeka means knowing yourself, being the best, getting to know everything about yourself, whether it's good or bad. And self-mastery, developing that self-mastery in, in, your, in, your, in your life. Think about those concepts and think about where you can get to self-mastery, etc. And that's what he's talking about here. That without getting that self-awareness and self-mastery, you don't, you don't have a goal. 
It's very difficult in life. Imagine playing basketball and there's no hoops. Or soccer with no, with no nets. Everybody's just shooting the ball around without a goal. Imagine what, what, would, what would that look like? You don't have a goal. You just keep throwing the ball, throwing the ball. There's no goal. There's no basket. You're just, everybody's just dribbling, dribbling here, dribbling there, dribbling there. You need a goal. You need a goal. You need a goal to, to go to. If there's no goal, you're not going to be able to release dopamine. Dopamine is meant to hit goals. Go, dopamine was not meant to be hijacked by cocaine and, and porn. Dopamine, God gave you dopamine, so you should have ambitious to hit a goal. That's what dopamine's for. Today, it got abused. So now we need to detox from the garbage dopamine and reconnect to healthy dopamine. One that requires a goal, a target, a small goal, and a victory. That's the problem. We're getting too much dopamine on video games today. What are you play, getting dopamine on video? Get, a video? get dopamine on something that you actually earn. Because remember, unearned dopamine is shame. Unearned dopamine is shame. You can't cheat, you, you can't cheat your soul. Like, just like the body keeps score, the soul keeps score too. So we, it's extremely important. You have to be goal-centered. Health goals, I have health goals. Financial goals, spiritual goals, everything. I'm walking into a goal. I'm not walking into a, what am I doing? I There's a goal. And you go closer and closer to that goal. Not, not an obsessive compulsion. Oh my God, I have to hit this goal tomorrow. No, but healthy. What am I doing towards that goal? What am I doing towards that, towards that area? And that, that releases healthy dopamine. And it also, when you are goal-driven, it gives you different energy when you wake up and you're more, you're more practically ready to start the day. There's a study that shows that your quality of sleep is not dependent upon your mattress or your pillow, but how, how, how you predict what the next day is going to be. It's an unbelievable concept. Your hope, your ability to already say, what does tomorrow look like? Tell kids they have to go, they're going to, to a vacation. How do they sleep that night? How are they waking up that night? It's a whole different kid. Tell him he's got to go to school. See how he wakes up in the morning versus going, going on vacation. He's out, he's not, he doesn't need an alarm clock. So the same thing is how do you anticipate the next day? How do you anticipate the next day? How do you anticipate the next day is going to be? If you're in that, God forbid, negative mindset, you're not anticipating anything good. But that's, again, that's only your views of the path. You're losing faith. So it's extremely important. Think about practical spiritual goals, financial goals, fitness goals. There's no greater way to attain these, to gain. And you hit a goal, then you choose another goal. And that's how you get to self-awareness and self-mastery. And that allows us to, to, to develop will and et cetera. It's, it's extremely important that people, God forbid, they, they fall into depression. There's no goals. There's no nothing. There's no purpose. And, and, and what do you think comes next? The fourth step to, to, con to, to, to constant spiritual growth, the conscious spiritual growth, is definitely making accountability. Okay? Accountability means I'm taking responsibility. 
you, you being happy is not just about you. It's about seven, ten people in your house are affected by your happiness. How many times are we affected by our spouse's moods? It affects the whole house. Accountability means I have, to kind of, I, have to, I have a demanding soul and I have to be accountable for my, my life and I have to be accountable for others also. So your ability to take responsibility, which is in the, in the, it's, it's in the sphere of machut. Machut means you have to take responsibility. Men have to be, to be more responsible in spiritual growth because they are givers and they have to give that light to, to women. And if they have nothing to give, then what are you doing? You're, you're just, you're, you're just, you're two moons. You're, you are not being, being responsible. And because you're not being responsible, you cannot invoke, have, you cannot invoke blessings from above. And that is a problem. Because what happens is, when you cannot re- be a receiver from heaven, we are a receiver from heaven, and then we transfer the blessings to, the light to, to the others. But if you cannot, if you're not, taking, if you're not being responsible, that you're not, they're going to pull the shefa from you and give it to somebody else. Or the shefa goes to the other side. So it's extremely important. You have to develop that chachma and then you have to be able to be the, the giver. That's what the Zohar says, that, the, that the, our ultimate tikkun is in order to receive, in order to give. You have to be a receiver in order to, give, to be a giver. And the way you do that is by having responsibility and by taking accountability that yes, I have a my, my soul needs oxygen. I need to learn Torah today. My soul needs prayer. I feel my emotions are, 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 are taking over my mood. I have a responsibility. Just like you have a responsibility when you're hydrated to drink water, you have a responsibility to, when you're spiritually hydrated to bring light into your life. Or when you have darkness in your life, you have a responsibility to bring light to be part of the tikkun in this world. That, that, that is the whole big picture that we need to do. So that's the fourth step, which represents accountability, which means responsibility. Accountability means also being responsible for your actions, etc. Not blaming. Blaming is the opposite of accountability. Just look at look at the look at the whole test this week of of the of the complaining about the man, complaining about Moses. You could see when we're in a constricted consciousness, we blame and we complain. And that doesn't get us anywhere. We need to take accountability and recognize God's giving us a test and we have, to, we have to go through it. We have to build our strength. Number five. Number five is simplifying your life. This is, I'm, I'm a big, I believe that most people major in problems and minor in faith. Which creates a very complicated life. They major in problems and they minor in faith. So life becomes very, very... Imagine, for example, I'm trying to control everything in my life where I'm not even supposed to be in control. Imagine you went to a restaurant and you started, instead of being the customer, you're telling now the chef how to cook, the waitress how 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 to take an order, uh, you're, telling, uh, you're, you're asking the accountant how much money you're making, and you're just supposed to be the customer. But you're so controlling that you now think you own the business, even though you're just, you're just a customer. That's what life looks like. When you think, or telling God, why is this person receiving money? 
Why am I jealous of that person? Why, why is this person? You're now playing, you're in the wrong lane. You're now, instead of, you're trying to play God yourself. So this is the problem of control. So when people, when things don't go your way, you get angry. So simplifying your, your life means to have simple faith in life. To recognize that, and again, this is, I, I myself have to work on this a lot. Because simplifying my life means sometimes when things, when things hit the lows in my life, I get very dramatic and I make it much worse than it is. Instead of saying I'm just going through a wave, even though I could say this a lot, but sometimes I make big deals out of small things when I'm, when I'm in that, that negative energy. And I make things much bigger than it is. Sometimes a simple apology could solve a problem. Sometimes saying I'm sorry could solve a problem. Sometimes <laughs> the simplest things could solve a problem. So simplifier in my life is what needs to be next. If there's a problem, pray for it. Versus the, 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 the dramatic and the... And, 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 and also recognize, also simplifying my life also means that I'm going to have spiritual highs and spiritual lows. And it's okay if I hit a spiritual low, I'm going to be dry and it's not going to be there forever. We, very simple what we speak about with Reb Nachman's teachings, the upper, a, the upper olive and the lower olive. Constantly, constantly that, that constant going from spiritual passion to completely uh, periods of dryness. You know, the gr- a great thing would be if you live in the water, you see the high tide and you see the low tide. High tide and low tide. One day the boat's flowing, uh, the boat's up, next thing you know the boat's down. High tide and low tide. The story of our lives. Look at the moon, the moon's full, but not making something when things are good. Simplifying it, do as much as we can when things are not so good, it's going to change also. It's going to change. That's why I think, um, I think I forgot who, who wrote the. Forgot, I forgot who was going to say it. But the, the simplifying is not making, not making a bigger thing out of anything. Just li- living as simple, simple faith, like Rabbi Nachum says. Pray for everything you have. Just keep it simple in life. Don't make it, don't make it worse than it is. Number six, having a sense of purpose. Right? Purpose means that we need, we, obviously we spoke about what gets us to purpose is pain. But purpose also, when a person has purpose, he has fulfillment. He has, he has a will to live. But purpose is extremely, extremely important. And he gives a beautiful example here. How there's a belief in AA, for instance, that if you leave the group, you stop going to, and you stop going to meetings, you're going to relapse. And he says, you know why you're going to relapse? Because when, you're in a, when, you're, when you live in purpose, for example, when you go to a group setting and you go to an AA alcohol, uh, uh, those meetings, there's a very, very high level of honesty and consciousness there. That consciousness belongs to the group. You're just going in there and tapping into it. But when you're on your own, you don't get the same. So living with purpose means when I am doing things with, 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 if I go to a synagogue, there's a, there's a higher level of consciousness. This is why I say, just say, pray in a synagogue. Pray, because that, the energy in the synagogue is there for everybody. You'll get that energy 
Rashi just tells when you if a person prays in the synagogue, his answer is better chances of the prayers getting answered, because there's a level of when there's a lot of people doing something and there's a higher energy, there's a there's the the energy belongs to the group, not to you. You're part of the group, the Mishkan. They had to bring it to Moshe, but the Mishkan is a, is, is a part of everybody. But when you're on your own, you don't get that. So having purpose in our life is not, life is not just about you. That means because you are part of a bigger group, that whole group is blessed. And which is a, which is a great analogy, because when a person stops going to the, to the meetings, he loses his purpose in life, which is to, to share and to, and to help others in recovery and to, and to work the steps. All the steps are, the 12 steps, is to get a person literally from pain to purpose. It's to get to now to become a giver. Before you were a taker, now you were a giver. But it's imp- extremely important that that's part of the purpose. Number seven, and this is where Reb Nachman says that everybody has to believe when they wake up in the morning that the whole world was created for him. And he has to see what's missing in the world and he has to pray for it and he has to be able to bring any, the light of, of whatever he has and he can bring it to the world. That is your mission. Your mission is, is whatever the world is missing, whatever you have in the world that you can provide to the world, you have to come in and bring light to the world. That's part of the tikkun process. Otherwise, you wouldn't be needed. So the fact that you're, you're alive is because something that you have is needed in the world and you have to come and bring it to the world and be part of that. And that gives you purpose. It's not what the world can do for me. What can I do for the world? Not what your wife can do for you. If you ask your wife, what can you do for me? You see the kind of marriage you have. But if you tell your wife, what can I do for you? You could see what kind of marriage you have. <laughs> if you say, what, kind, what, what is the world doing for me lately? You fall into this ingrateful, ingrateful mindset of that many people are in for I'm not I'm, 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 I'm oppressed I'm a victim you become a victim victim means what can the world the world can not do nothing for me instead of what are you doing for the world so that's purpose are you bringing things to the world or are you or are you diminishing for the world so that's an extremely important purpose otherwise there's no con- there's no higher consciousness and, and that's extremely by the, the, the increasing that. Seven, loving kindness. The world is built on chesed. Chesed means, is the also svirot. Loving kindness also allows you. Because again, anytime you're giving, you're giving chesed, you're really, really, all you're doing is, is creating positive light. And God created the world out of love and chesed. So basically, anytime I do kindness, just like God does kindness does, I'm mimicking my creator. So think about that concept. When you do kindness, it's all you're doing is mimicking your creator. You're mimicking your creator. That's what you're doing. When you do kindness for people, all you are is seeing good. Good kindness could be seeing positive in people. That means I see godliness in that. So that's very, very important of, of, of this concept. It's not about you. It's a constant love and finding a way to do loving kindness. Number eight. Number eight is overcoming darkness. That's extremely important. If you want constant spiritual growth, our sages tell us that first, in order to have an aliyah, 
you have to have a yirida in order to have an, a, 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 a comeback, in order to have a new level of knowledge, you have to go through a setback. So your ability to have netzach is overcoming darkness. Netzach represents resilience. You have to be able, this is not a, spiritual growth is a ladder. So it's not just, I want to feel great all the time. No, no, no. You get light because the way it's made is the light that you get is, a, is, is only as a result of how you handle the darkness. For example, people will tell you this year in Uman that they probably had one of the greatest Umans that they've had this past year. M- most people will tell you it was one of the greatest experiences that they've had. 12-hour lines and customs waitings, 27, 28-hour airport ride. I mean, it was, just, it was just one big waiting. Wait for this, wait for that, wait for this. 25 flights. I mean, this is <laughs> just to get there. It was so much obstacles and obstacles and waiting and patience. But what happens? You got paid. When did you get paid? In Rosh Hashanah. But the obstacle is actually, the obstacles actually create the light. So as much as we can't stand obstacles, these obstacles are actually building the light. That's the bottom line. Just like you swing something back, the arrow, you swing it back, to the extent that you swing it back is how far it goes. So this is why don't, don't, don't bulk at, uh, at obstacles recognizing that the obstacles are creating the light. I never forget when my wife came in and she took over my, my recovery centers. Wow, was that an obstacle. Obstacles, darkness, obstacles, obstacles, and it is today because of those obstacles. That's where it is today. So just think about, think about, think about the bounce back that comes from, the, from, the, from, the, from, the, from something that was withheld from you. So whether your ability to, to definitely to, to overcome darkness, and by the way, that's the story of the Jews. After the, after the Shabbat Fi, which was one of the greatest darknesses in history of the false Messiah, came the Baal Shem Tov. Came the Baal Shem Tov. After Spain, 1492, what do you think came afterwards? America. After Eretz Yisrael, after the Holocaust. Just think about the light that came after, after major darkness. Yesterday's Yerzai was the Kolzenberger Rebbe. Kolzenberger Rebbe lost 11, I believe 11 children, his wife, in the Holocaust. And he was able to rebuild in America. So just think about the areas in your life where you saw tremendous darkness and you have to overcome it. Overcoming darkness is the only way to get to spiritual growth. And this is why we don't want to push the darkness away. We want to turn the darkness into light. I had a, I had a friend of mine that they, they told me how they got their papers. And at the time, it was extremely difficult to get papers. I don't know what, it, I don't know what the immigration story is today or not. But the bottom line is, that bottom line is his, his mother was dating some guy. And the, and the guy was nuts. And he pulled the gun on both of them. And because they, he pulled the gun on both of them, that allowed them to get into woman's shelter, and the woman's shelter got them the papers. 
So if they didn't get a gun pulled in their face by some ex-boyfriend nut job, they would have never gotten their papers. So you could see the problem, it was the solution, by the way. They needed papers. How did it come? Obviously, it didn't come from Biden's uh, in the mail. It came from a gun to their face. And that allowed them to go to the woman's shop. I mean, this is the way God operates. God operates the world sometimes through concealment, through faith. And you just have to accept it. So darkness is something you have to overcome. And we have a society today of very, very soft people that they don't like darkness. They don't like darkness. And they get accustomed to the darkness. And then darkness becomes the new light, the reality. And that's not what you're supposed to be. And the last thing, the last one to, 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 to conscious spiritual growth is developing a sense of humor. <laughs> you forget. I always tell people you, you don't have a bad, you don't have a shalom bite problem. You have a shalom bite pattern. Just break the pattern. Make a joke. Do stupid things. Who says life is supposed to be serious? Why, humor so, why is humor so important? Because humor is a form of letting go. Do you know how many studies are showing that people who had cancers and they would watch movies for hours, just laugh, and they were healed? What is, what is humor? Humor is letting go. Humor is letting go. That's all we need to do is let go. Humor is letting go. Humor brings you to joy. Joy is prophecy. So figure out a way to be funnier or do what you have to do. <laughs> but you have to, humor is the greatest way to take the tension out of things. So I would recommend you know, go to a flea market with a Persian guy. I don't know. Go, go, go. <laughs> figure, figure out a way. Figure out a way. Figure out a way to, um, to be funnier. But you have to have funny because humor lets things go. So may Hashem help us all. Again, it shouldn't be mocking people, but it should definitely be, it, you, have to be fun, you have to be funnier and, funny, and humor lets things go. And that's one thing Rav Nachman says that it's, he said it's impossible. He said, it is impossible. Look at Rav, Rav Nachman to tell you this. It is impossible to be, to, to be 100% happy unless you, don't ha unless you don't have humor. Rav Nachman tells you this. And this is why you see breast lovers, they do crazy things. They do crazy things. I mean, they took it a little out of hand, but they do very funny things. It's known to be funny and they make jokes and, and dance and move. And it's just because who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares what everybody's saying about you? You have to be happy. And that's the more, most important thing in life. So try to, try to break the ice with a little more humor in your life. When, you're, when you have problems, here we go. And another stupid thought's coming together. Here we go. And, and I used to do that all the time. When I, I, I used to get these, these negative... I used to do a class. Like when I would do a big class, and I would get this negativity. Like this... Okay, you have nothing else to talk about. <laughs> No more classes. That's it. I'm burnt out. And now, start, now, now I used to get it, and I would start just laughing. Here it goes. Here's the, here's the negativity. Here's the stupidity again, the stupid mindset. And then laugh it out, and the next thing you know, it's over. Even when you're, even when you're, when you're, when you have, when you, there's so many things you can do when you have anxiety, and just laugh. It gets rid of it. 
Even when you're in pain, for example, somebody's, you know, you go, just laugh, laugh it out. So they put laughing gas when you're in the dentist because you don't think about it. You're, you're letting it go. So have a great day.